0: Raccoons. Raccoons. Raccoons, yes. Also known as the trash panda.
1: (laughs) You know what that sound means. It's time for the Michigan DNR's Wild Talk Podcast. Welcome to the Wild Talk Podcast, where representatives from the DNR's Wildlife Division chew the fat and shoot the scat about all things habitat, feathers, and fur. With insights, interviews, and your questions answered on the air, you'll get a better picture of what's happening in the world of wildlife here in the great state of Michigan.
0: Welcome to Wild Talk. I'm your host,
2: Hannah Schauer, and with me today, as always, is Rachel Leitner. Hi, Hannah. How are you today? Doing all right. How are you? I'm chilly. It's winter all of a sudden, and it is cold outside. Yes, indeed. It very much is it always seems to come faster than you think it should be here mm-hmm. but alas here we are in our december episode isn't that crazy the year's almost over it is it's so crazy i can't believe it. Well, well, it went by so fast me neither well in this month's episode we'll be answering some of your questions from the mailbag hearing some conservation officer reports from the field and sometime during the show we'll be revealing the winners of our wild talk podcast camp mugs and you'll find out how you can win one, too. We're also going to give you an update on the first elk hunt.
0: But before we jump into all that, we're going to shine our wildlife spotlight on the raccoon. The raccoon is well known for the dark rings on its tail and the black mask on its face. Total body length for an adult raccoon is usually 28 to 36 inches, so somewhere in the two to three foot range. And they can weigh anywhere from 13 to 30 pounds, sometimes even more. So They can get quite
2: hefty in the weight range. Now, these raccoons can be found throughout most of North America and are found statewide in Michigan. They can be found in just about any habitat type, though they do often prefer forested areas near bodies of water or wetlands. the individual home range size can vary significantly from smaller sizes in more suburban areas like close to our homes to larger and more rural areas and raccoons are typically active between sunset and
0: sunrise but you can occasionally see them out and about during the day especially if there are food sources available one of my favorite stories about raccoons when i worked at a nature center In the mornings, we'd go out and fill all the bird feeders kind of in a regular pattern. You'd start at one and move to the next each time. And we had an adult female and her young ones who would come out, wait for you to fill the bird feeders, and then make their way around to each one as you filled them to get the freshest bird seed each morning. (laughs) So they know what's up and they know what the schedule looks like.
2: Yes, opportunistic is how I would label a raccoon. Absolutely.
0: Now, raccoons, like many nocturnal mammals, have a more developed part of the eye, tapetum lucidum, I believe is how you would say that, Um, and this aids in low-light vision. Um, And this is also what gives raccoons and other animals the appearance of having eyes that glow in the dark when the light reflects off them.
2: Mm, Interesting. Now, these raccoons have solitary resting spots in trees, and they may occasionally use old woodchuck burrows or similar locations to rest in. And raccoons
0: do store up some fat reserves for winter and may stay in their den for prolonged periods during uh, times of inclement weather when it's not as friendly outside. But they do not hibernate or lower their body temperature like other species do.
2: Raccoons can be active all year round. Now, when you think of an example species for the word omnivore, the raccoon would be an excellent representative species. As we mentioned, they're very opportunistic Uh, Raccoons will eat just about anything organic, though they are more selective when food sources are abundant. Some will feast on berries, cherries, acorns, corn, soybeans, oats, and even crayfish. But they'll also eat on various worms, insects, rodents, birds, um, snake turtles, frogs, fish eggs, anything that's kind of a nutrient source a raccoon will indulge in.
0: Now, breeding season typically occurs February through March, and babies are born in the spring. A single litter of 2 to 6 young are born annually. Now young raccoons' eyes will open at about 3 weeks of age and they'll start eating solid foods after about 9 weeks, um, but they will take a while before they're fully weaned. And as the young raccoons get older, they will start going with their mother on foraging trips. Um and the young from the spring will usually stay with their mother for their first winter until that next breeding season begins. And then they will disperse from there.
2: Speaking of foraging trips, my most favorite slash most interesting raccoon story included a foraging trip. Um, I was camping last summer and did not properly store my bag of marshmallows And when I say not properly stored, I had put them in a plastic container, and then I zipped them into my canvas backpack, and then I stored it high up in a tree, thinking that that would be a safe place away from critters, and they couldn't find the smells. Um, But I was wrong, because in the middle of the night, I heard a zipping sound, and I went out of my tent to find... The mama raccoon had unzipped my backpack, found the bag of marshmallows, dropped them out of the tree, and then was dragging my bag of marshmallows deep into the woods. And I did not get to it before she scampered off. And the next morning, we found the Ziploc bag of marshmallows completely annihilated, and they had gorged themselves on like a full pack of Jet Puff marshmallows. So that will eat just about anything. And you should really think about where you store your food when you're camping. Let this be a lesson to you.
0: Oh, I love that story. And yes, marshmallows, very smelly, very tasty. What mother
2: wouldn't want to provide a tasty snack for her children? (laughs) I can only imagine that was quite the bellyache for that family of raccoons because it was a lot of marshmallows. Well, the average lifespan for a wild raccoon is two to three years, but some could make it into their teens. Raccoons have a wide range of natural predators, including large owls, wolves, coyotes, foxes, and bobcats. Humans also hunt and trap raccoons for their pelts and for their meat. Yep, so here in Michigan, hunting and trapping seasons for raccoons are open October 1st all the way through March 31st. Now, various diseases and car collisions can also cause mortality in raccoons. In fact, you might even see an increase in roadkill raccoons in the late winter uh, when those young raccoons are dispersing from their mother's territory and as male raccoons are moving around looking for mates. So be careful on the roadways this time of year. Lots of critters are moving.
0: Now, with winter approaching, keep your eyes open for tracks in the snow. Uh, Raccoon tracks are pretty unique. They have five fingers and five toes. The front paws look very hand like in shape and the hind feet are a little more elongated. Um, but we'll still have those five toes. So they're usually pretty easy to identify if you see them and kind of fun always to look for tracks in the snow and see what critters might be hanging around your area. All right, so next up, we are going to talk a little bit about the elk hunt. So stick around.
1: Pure Michigan hunt applications are on sale now. If you want your shot of what is considered Michigan's ultimate hunt, pick up a $5 application or two. There's no limit to the number you can buy. If you're one of the three lucky winners, you'll get a hunting prize package worth thousands, as well as licenses for elk, bear, spring and fall turkey, antlerless deer, and first pick in a managed waterfowl area for a reserved hunt. Purchase anywhere hunting licenses are sold or online at michigan.gov pmh.
2: One proved to be successful for 80% of early season elk hunters this year. Uh, The elk hunt takes place in northern Michigan every year, and it is certainly an exciting time. The first hunt period happened in late August through early October. Now, there were 98 state hunters who took to the field over those 12 days, um, and those hunters harvested 24 bull elk and 52 antlerless elk, including six calves. Now, additionally, Two Pier Michigan Hunt winners also harvested bulls. That is a great way to start off the first hunting period of of our elk season.
0: So of the 100 elk hunters issued elk licenses for this hunt period, there were 70 antlerless and 30 any elk licenses. 76% of antlerless hunters and 87% of any elk hunters were successful in their pursuit. Um, And just to give you an idea, this season's success rate is comparable with previous seasons as well.
2: This season um, spanned 12 days through late summer into early fall, so from August to September and into early October. And during that time, the weather conditions were pretty stable. Um, It was mostly warmer days with a few cooler nights, pretty ideal conditions for elk hunters that time of year.
0: Now, this early elk season is designed to remove elk living outside of the designated elk management area, which is primarily the Pigeon River Country State Forest. Um, And coming up, the second hunt period will begin December 10th for about 160 elk
1: hunters.
2: Yes, hunters are going to take to the field here pretty soon for, again, a short period, a short amount of time that'll run through the 18th. Um, and then, once the season has begun on December 10th and 11th, if you're interested in chatting with some of those elk hunters and seeing their successful harvest, uh, there will be an elk poll at the Atlanta Chamber of Commerce on um, the opening weekend, so December 10th and 11th. Everyone is welcome to come chat with some really happy hunters. DNR staff will be there uh, if you want to chat with them or bring any of your hunting questions or just see these magnificent animals. Uh, we should... I definitely recommend checking it out.
0: Awesome. Sounds like a fun time. Now, if you are interested at your shot at an elk tag, the application period runs annually from May 1st to June 1st. And you can also have a chance through the Pure Michigan Hunt drawing, which we'll touch on in more detail during the mailbag. So stick around for that. If you want to learn more about elk, visit michigan.gov
1: slash elk. The Michigan DNR's Hunt Fish app puts access to outdoor recreation right in the palm of your hand. Purchase and store your hunting and fishing licenses right in the app so you always have them with you. Are you ready to report your harvest? Save time by reporting with the app! Want to have access to the most up-to-date hunting and fishing regulations? Even without internet connectivity? Sounds like you need the app! Just search for Michigan DNR Hunt Fish in the app stores of your Apple and Android devices.
0: Welcome back to Wild Talk! Now, let's dig into the mailbag and answer some of your questions.
1: One, two, three.
0: So first up, David asks, during the late antlerless firearm season, can I use my deer or deer combo license to harvest an antlerless deer? So yes, the deer or deer combination license can be used to harvest an antlerless deer throughout all deer hunting seasons in the mainland Lower Peninsula, including during the late antlerless firearm deer season. The late antlerless deer season will run from December 12th through January 1st and is only open on private lands in the Lower Peninsula Deer Management Units. All Upper Peninsula Deer Management Units are closed to the late antlerless firearm season, And hunting regulations regarding this season can be found on page 52 of the Hunting Digest. How about you, Rachel? Did you get any uh,
2: mailbag questions? Yeah, I have a couple questions for us today. First one came in from Jerry, who wrote in to ask, when is the last day to purchase an application for the Pure Michigan Hunt? Uh, Pure Michigan Hunt we mentioned when talking about the elk story, because that's something you can win if you win uh, the Pure Michigan Hunt. The Pier Michigan Hunt really is the hunter's dream. So you can win licenses for elk, bear, spring and fall turkey, antlerless deer, and your first pick at a managed waterfall area for a reserved hunt, Uh, in addition to a pretty sweet prize package that will include just about everything you'll need to get hunting. Now, the last day to apply for the Pier Michigan Hunt is December 31st. So you have a couple more weeks to buy those applications which are $5, and you can purchase as many applications as you'd like. Those licenses can be purchased through the Michigan DNR Fish app online at michigan.gov forward slash DNR licenses or at any license retailer. The other question I received came in from Jean, who is interested in hunting from a tree stand on public land during the muzzleloader season and wants to know if her stand needs to have some kind of identification listed on it. That's a good question, and yes, it does need identification. If you hunt on public land, your tree stand must be portable, and your name and address, complete Michigan driver's license number, or DNR sport card number must be affixed that can be easily read from the ground. And also, if you're putting up a tree stand, just remember that hunting platforms cannot be affixed or attached to any tree by nails, screws, bolts... Um, however, a t-bowl or a similar device supplied by a tree stand manufacturer can be used because they don't perforate into the tree. A safety harness or some type of falling prevention system is also recommended. You do not want to fall out of a tree stand, so please be safe. Screw-in tree steps are also illegal on public stands. You cannot use anything that perforates the bark of the tree. And remember, it is unlawful to use any item that penetrates through the bark of the tree um, in the construction or fixing of any device to assist in climbing a tree. Good things to know. Of course, all of this is listed in the Hunting Digest. So if you haven't downloaded and looked at the 2022 Hunting Digest, we recommend that you do so. Everything you need to know to get into the field is in there for you. Now, as we zip this segment to a close, remember, if you have questions about wildlife or hunting, you can call 517-284-WILD or email us at dnr-wildlife at michigan.gov. Your questions could be featured here on the mailbag.
1: A base license for $11 is a fair fare to go hunt hare, or even a squirrel or two if you care. If you hunted deer last month, the license is already there, so no more money from your pocket or your billfold square. To get your share of squirrel or hare to eat yourself or share with flair and fanfare with a nice set of flatware at a table you prepare, just bundle up warm with something to wear and... Don't miss when you shoot or you're liable to swear and possibly despair if you see no more signs of hide nor hair. So, happy hunting to all, and y'all take care.
2: Now is your opportunity to win a Wild Talk Podcast Camp mug. As a thank you to our listeners, we'll be giving away a mug or two every episode.
0: Our November mug winners are Mandy Mollenkamp and Noah phaser They answered the question, turkeys are an example of a precocial species. What does precocial mean? Um, and this means a young bird or other animal that is hatched or born in an advanced state and able to feed itself and move independently almost immediately. Um, so good examples of this are turkeys um, or chickens. Now. I'd also like to mention that species with precocial young tend to lay more eggs. And also, incubation times are typically longer for precocial species. And that seems to make sense because they take, they're more developed once they hatch. So they'll probably take longer to incubate.
2: To be entered into the drawing this month, test your wildlife knowledge and answer our wildlife quiz question. True or false, many bird species can see ultraviolet wavelength or UV light And some may also have ultraviolet markings.
0: Email your name and answer to us at dnr-wildlife at michigan.gov to be entered for a chance to win a mug. Be sure to include the subject line as mug me and submit your answer by December
2: 15th. Good luck. Now back to the show.
3: This is Katie Gervasi with the Michigan Department of Natural Resources Law Enforcement Division. Here with more Conservation Officer bi-weekly reports from the field. Conservation Officer Tom Oberg worked a complaint more than a year ago regarding a tree stand placed on state land that appeared to be overlooking a food plot that was also on state land. After multiple attempts of checking the stand, Oberg never witnessed anyone hunting it. He checked the stand over the summer and noted that the subject failed to remove his tree stand from state property. Oberg checked the stand again during October and finally located the subject hunting. The officer addressed multiple violations, such as hunting over bait, constructing a food plot on state land, no name or address on a tree stand, and failing to remove the tree stand by March 1st. Oberg issued tickets to the subject for hunting over bait as well as failing to remove his tree stand by March 1st. Warnings were given for other violations. Tune in next month to hear more about what conservation officers have been doing to protect Michigan's natural resources for future generations. To read more conservation officer bi-weekly reports, visit michigan.gov forward slash conservation officers.
0: Well, that wraps up the December show. We wish everyone a happy holiday season, and we'll see you back here in January. Wow.
1: This has been the Wild Talk Podcast, your monthly podcast airing the first of each month and offering insights into the world of wildlife across the state of Michigan. You can reach the Wildlife Division at 517-284-9453 or dnr-wildlife at michigan.gov.